season for hot cocoa, cashmere sweaters, and Hallmark Christmas movies. The more I think about it, the more I realize my life has become a backwards Hallmark movie. I ditched the loser boyfriend, got out of my small town, moved to a city, and entered my successful businesswoman era. Chapter 21, Hallmark Christmas Movies. Every year on November 1st, my Christmas season begins. The 10-foot Christmas tree goes up, Christmas music plays, and you will find me binge-watching Hallmark movies and the cheesiest, most predictable Netflix Christmas movies. There is something so homey and enchanting about them. I love that the ending is always exactly what we want it to be, a happily ever after. And I love that it's always the same predictable storyline. This will be my fourth Christmas that I'm spending the holiday season single. I remember the first year the holidays rolled around of my single era saga and desperately wanted there to be someone I wake up with on Christmas morning. I remember how badly it hurt scrolling through Instagram and watching my friends do cute date nights and matching pajamas with their boyfriends and husbands. I remember even thinking, maybe I shouldn't have left my ex. Maybe I should have just settled. I mean, to be fair, the last few Christmases have kind of sucked. Last year, I got broken up with over a text message. The year prior, I'd sworn off dating after a failed series of flings. And the first Christmas single... My life had taken a complete 180, and I was fresh out of a long-term relationship. As someone who romanticizes everything and loves Christmas season, I always had high expectations, but I learned over the journey to find other things about the season I loved. As the years go by and so much within me has changed, the more I see this season as such a gift. I'm no longer desperately hoping for someone to snuggle up to. I feel whole and content. Of course, I daydream about a holiday season and how it would feel in love again, but it doesn't feel like I need it anymore. I have an amazing circle of girlfriends to have cute date nights with and a good book and cheesy Netflix series to keep me company. As I sink into that feeling of contentment this morning, while opening up my journal to write down my December desires and manifestations, it dawned on me. What if I do fall in love in December? What if it is the month that changes the trajectory of the following year? What if a new budding romance begins at the most magical and romantic time of the year? I thought. I haven't let myself dream this in years, mainly because I didn't want to disappoint myself if it didn't happen. But right now, it feels so fun to dream about, 
because I don't need a relationship to fill my void, and I also won't feel self-pity if it doesn't manifest this year. As I sat there with my journal opened and the Netflix fireplace TV roaring, I dreamt of dancing in front of the Christmas tree and holding hands while taking a wintry walk through the park and getting dressed up for a romantic dinner date in the city. That's what I want. I could feel it bubble inside of me. I could feel my heart expand because of it. I knew what I had to do next. If I wanted that type of romance, if I was truly ready to receive that type of love that would end all first dates forever, I needed to allow myself to receive more. I needed to become the version of me in love. I've been dating a lot lately. Within days of deciding I was ready to date again, it began raining men. I swear every time I declare it, it's like the universe puts a sign on my back. Open for dating. The first week, I had a date nearly every night. The second week, I had seconds lined up. And surprisingly, all was going really well. I was going on dates with a musician who was warm and friendly, a successful dad of two young girls, a reformed fuckboy as he labeled himself on our second date, and Smolder Eyes, a very dreamy, tall, muscular man. I'd been enjoying the abundance of men, getting to know them, and truly seeing if any of them were a fit. But as second and third dates ensued, I knew now a few of these men wouldn't be the match I was seeking. Although I was having so much fun flirting, a part of me knew I needed to cut off the excess weight for new energy to enter. As I sipped my last drops of hot black coffee that morning, I turned to Finley and said, today feels like a good day for breakup texts. He gave me a little huff as if to say, yeah, whatever. I had four men I was consistently going on dates with. I knew two of those men were not getting a rose. Side note, dating is so much more fun when you pretend you're the bachelorette. I texted the musician who I had been regularly talking to for a couple of months. Honestly, he never really mentioned he wanted commitment, and at the time I met him, I wasn't sure what I wanted. I was still coming off the chaos of summertime. We seemed to be more in a friendly territory anyway. I sent him the first text. Effortlessly, in an easy exchange, we both decided we'd be better off as friends. Now, on to the second man. The hot dad was next in line. I sent him a text message explaining that I didn't think we were a match, but truly enjoyed getting to know him. I knew we were both looking for our person and I didn't want to waste either of our time. If I knew it just wasn't him, he wrote back a kind message in agreement and wished me luck on my journey. Dating emotionally intelligent men has been the best thing for my nervous system. We love to see a man who can handle rejection and honesty well. I felt so energetically clear and so good. I texted my group, girl group with updates. It's funny because just yesterday I was having all of this guilt for thinking about ending what I needed to end. I started feeling bad because both of these men had taken me on dates, spent money on me and their free time. I felt like I owed them something, 
more of me perhaps, that if they at least ended it first, it would be their doing. Crazy, isn't it? I think a lot of women feel this way. It's part of our inner people pleaser that feels bad. I had to remind myself that this is what dating is. Dating is about taking women out, spending money and time on them. And if a man is complaining about the money they spend on dating, it tells us two things. One, he's probably a serial dater with no real intentions or clarity around what he wants. Or he's broke and he shouldn't be trying to date a woman like me anyway. I had to remind myself that although men do lovingly pick up the bill, and I always deeply appreciate that sentiment, I also spend a lot of money and time on being this version of me. From my hair, to my makeup, to my outfit, to my body, and my mind, I have spent a great deal of attention on being this woman. I, like all women and men, deserve to be treated well. That is usually one of the biggest controversies we receive from unhealed men who can't handle rejection. They blame us for wasting their money or time, when in reality, that was never the case. They asked me out, I said yes. They picked the place, I said yes. I don't owe them my body or sex or a kiss or even a second date, and neither do you. Now we are left with two men, plus the extra first dates I still have booked on my calendar. Reformed fuckboy, as he called himself on our second date, was still a major question mark. There were things I enjoyed about him on our first date, like our conversation and the lightness, but the fact he called himself a reformed fuckboy felt kind of like a flag. He explained he used to be afraid of commitment and had been in therapy for it and now was looking for the real deal. I wanted to believe him, and I think there was still a lot left to discover about him. And then there was Smolder Eyes, aka Mr. Dreamy. Now, if it was up to my former naive self, I'd jump right into this blindly. He was extremely attractive and my type to a T, but I knew better than to romanticize the idea of someone I barely knew. So continuously staying open to other dates allowed me to see him him as just another guy. We met at a little trendy bar, fully decorated for Christmas, for our first date. I asked him to meet me at the front door, and as I saw him walk up, my heart dropped a little. He was shockingly handsome. He towered over me with his broad shoulders and gave me a gentle hug. As we made our way inside... I thought I knew exactly what this guy was like. But as soon as conversation began to flow, I was shockingly very wrong. Our conversation was deep and real and vulnerable. I left the date that night calm. It felt good, but I decided I would remain detached to an outcome and I would let myself continue dating instead of getting swept off my feet as my former self would have. As the weeks to the year started winding down, my dates with Smolder Eyes progressed, but it also remained very slow. Now you can imagine with a nickname like Smolder Eyes, my heart kept skipping beats when I looked at him. He made me a little nervous in that high school girl kind of way, but the conversation felt very comfortable. 
The slow burn we had going was much different for me than my past had been with other men. Trust me, I've been tested with it. There were parts of me that wanted things to go fast and insecurities that came up, but instead of acting on it and listening to those, I took a deep breath. It was almost like there was this little girl version within me that wanted to win. But if I've learned anything from my years of finding myself, it's this. Someone I am trying to get is a much different version of me than someone who is meant for me. So I softly surrender back to these words. What is meant for me will find me. It will be easy and it will stay. There is no need to fight or prove it or win. The cleansing I've been doing on my heart had got me thinking about this year in general and how many highs happened. New designer purchases, five-star travel, amazing experiences, monthly spa days. But I also had many lows like the disaster dates, the healing work, the wanting to give up, the shame around money. That's all the flip side of it. When we expand our highs in receiving, we also expand our lows. It's what allows us to stretch and receive more. We have to be willing to hold the duality of our desires too. I love what the permission and bold moves gifted me this year. Even the failure and the moments of extreme doubt. It was my medicine. This year, I invented a version of me that has never experienced life like this before. It felt like I was building foundational bricks to the new life I manifested. So of course, old things had to leave. I had many tower moments in dating, with money, in business, in friendships, in self-love. Also, new energy could enter. I thought about what I wanted to build from here. If I could extract all of the good from this year and learn from all of the hardships, what would I desire for 2024? I desire it to be grand, but in a lasting way. I desire it to be grounded, but in an expansive way. I desire stability and roots and love. I desire to enter my soft girl era. 2024 will be my grand and grounded year. And I trust that the universe will take care of the pieces that are no longer aligned to that energy. As I write this here, we are a few days away from Christmas, where I will take my very first first class flight back to New York and spend moments dancing with my nieces, eating my mom's amazing home-cooked meals, which I miss so much, and I'll open gifts with my family around the Christmas tree. I've sat with fear the last couple of weeks for a big investment I made in my business, one of those life-altering investments that could, you know, make or break you. I've sat with feeling defeated too, and even some grief for the things in 2023 that did not manifest, like a loving relationship. But what I do know is this, it all comes down to divine timing. I am exactly where I'm meant to be. 
I am rich in life experiences and with a loving family I'm so excited to see. I am rich in friendships and support. I am rich in time, freedom, and self-trust. Although this year had been hard and stretchy, it had been one of the most life-changing and best years of my life. As I bring this chapter to a close, I ask that you take a moment to yourself to look at all that you've created, all that you've held, and all that you have done. I ask that you look at the things that are working in your life and to celebrate the beauty, even the big things like your ability to wake up to another day and to see the sunrise and to spend moments next to a fireplace with someone you love. I know you've had challenges this year. I know you struggle sometimes, but I also know just how powerful and how loving you are. I am so proud of you. Keep going, my love. I will see you next year. Happy holidays. Hello, gorgeous. Thank you so much for listening to chapter 21 Hallmark Christmas movies. Christmas is truly my favorite time of year or whatever holiday you celebrate. I love cozy season and I love just sitting back and looking at everything I'm reflecting on and everything I've moved through. So I hope that you get your chance to do just that. With this big investment in my business and this big next move, we have really solidified the progression of the brand for the next year and things to come. So just make sure you are tuned into my world and tapped in because we have some really special offers for you that are going to be unfolding here for the Emily Diaries. You can follow me on Instagram at emilydiariesxo or you can join my free Facebook community, The Powder Room, where we host free masterclasses and just keep you updated on all of the things that are going on. Anyways, I hope you have the coziest, most delicious holiday wherever you are in the world and with whoever or whomever you're spending it with, even if that's just yourself. And all of your emotions are valid, right? If this is a hard time for you, I am here for you. I I get it. Um, I'm sending you so much love and I can't wait to talk to you in the new year.